Broadcasting from a tiny little town in the Midwest, from a tiny little state, from a tiny little planet flying 22,000 miles through the open sky, this is the Just Josh and You podcast. And today we have an awesome guest. We have Joshua Treadway. That's me. That's you. That's bud. me. The Here Crocodile the Dundee of Milford. Here in the flesh. For, I remember, I, do you remember the first time we met? I don't remember the first time we met, but I don't want you to think anything weird about that because most of the people in Milford, I don't remember the first time I met. Okay. Well, I, I mean, meet all I y'all at the bar. Kind of so, take that little, yeah. so you're just saying I was just normally running the mill. Yeah, there wasn't well, anything. no, maybe not really that, but I mean the fact that I meet all of y'all at the same tiny little bar. Right. And, you know, usually I've been out hunting all day and it's very cold. And so when I get done, I mean, what am I ready to do? I'm going to have two, three drinks before I talk to any of you. And then I meet somebody and it's like, huh, great. I'm still not over the day. I'm cold. I'm freezing. My feet are cold. Give me a minute. Why do you torture yourself? <sighs> that is a great question. And, and you know what? My own mother asked me this constantly. When I get home and I bitch about these trips that I go on, she says, why? Why do you do this to yourself? And I really don't have an answer other than when you get a big one of whatever you're hunting, you just feel like King Dick. <laughs> I mean, there's no better. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, I could I could tone it down and be like, oh, uh, you know, what? I'm not going to say any of that. It just feels good to kill a big one. It's a it's a big it's deal. a rush. It's a big deal it's around rush. here. It's a rush. It's, it's it's a big industry. It's I, a rush. I, I I was introduced to it only from moving here. Right. Like like it's not like that in right. this you know the city. No, where this I'm is from. not an everywhere thing. This is it's not. there's big deer that no. live here and yeah. people that come here they're looking for big deer. With pliers, you know, on on your side and holstered. <laughs> I don't know about pliers. <laughs> no, but, dude, I saw yeah, this the I other mean, day. People walk around with pliers in a sheath yeah. around here. I'm, I'm I, don't, like, I don't I personally don't have any pliers. <laughs> I have no pliers. <laughs> But, yes, no, no, I mean, like, we do have our things. I mean, I do have a backpack full of shit. And the thing is, is, like, you get to the tree and you get up the tree and you think that you're going to use all this shit that you have. <laughs> and literally you get up there and you're cold and you're like, well, a lot of times I'm hungover. And, and you're like, I'm not going to use any of this. I just humped all this shit two miles and, and a, you know, 30-pound pack and... A, I'm not pulling any of this out. See, that's why I've never been hunting, man. It doesn't sound okay. The the actual kill that 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 seems a little intoxicating. Right, right, but the right. whole process before and the whole right. process after just seems completely exhausting. So I think it takes like a really fucked up brain. <laughs> uh, because I I can't explain it, but like when I wake up in the morning and I know I'm gonna go hunting, I. You know, even if I, even if I'm sick, you know, it's like, man, this is going to be an awesome day. And I think that maybe has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, these days we're such we're we're such people of, uh, you know, we do the same thing over and over and over every day. And you just get to whatever that thing is that you do. Like some people, it's a cruise. You know, they go on a cruise every summer. 
and they work their ass off to get to the cruise. For me, I'm fortunate. I get to hunt more than most people that even like to hunt. But I know that for me, I go to work every day, and the only thing I give a shit about is is to make it to the next one. I mean, if you ask me what my schedule is hunting-wise for the next year, I can tell you exactly where I'm going and what I'm hunting. But if you ask me what I'm doing next week and what customers I'm seeing, I got to look at my phone. Okay, so I have a couple of questions then. So for, first of all, what's your favorite thing to hunt? So there is a sheep in West Texas. It's called an all dad. And I may get the year wrong, but I'm probably close. In about 1946, all the ranchers in West Texas, I mean, these are guys that have 50, 60, 70,000 acre ranches. There was really nothing to hunt out there. The elk hadn't moved in. There was a few mule deer, a few whitetails, but they didn't have a lot. And they wanted to find another thing to do on these cattle ranches. And and these are ranches that, you know, it's 60,000 acres, but you can put, you know, one cow per 50 acres. So they brought in a sheep called an Audad from the northern coast of Africa. And um, they took over. They're actually now considered, well, they're still exotic game in Texas, but people that live in Texas and hunt, we consider them native game because they're, they're there. And it's a, it's a great hunt that you can do that's, it, it's just as good as the trips I've made to Alaska hunting doll sheep. It's the same thing. I mean, it's mountain, it's, 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 it's a hard hunt, it's hiking, it's climbing, it's all that stuff. But you're doing it right in West Texas, and you're spending, you know, a, a tenth of the money. So that, over the years, has become my favorite thing to do. I've been on some nasty ones, you know, falling in cactus, falling down cliffs and all that shit, trying to, the, the benchmark is 30 inches. If you get one with a 30-inch horn, that's a, that's what we call, like, a, a, a big trophy. And so... I've hunted them for a really long time. It's gotten more expensive now, but uh, last last October I was able to take my biggest one I've ever taken at 34 inches, and I was uh, giddy like a schoolgirl. Have you ever hunted in Utah? I have. What's your Where's your favorite place? I've hunted mule deer in Utah. I've never hunted elk because I've never drawn a tag, but I've hunted mule deer there. Utah's one of the states. So all the states out west now – um, it's, it's one of the things like you have to draw a tag for almost everything. So I spend thousands of dollars a year putting in for these tags that take 20, 25 years to draw, or you just win the lottery, get lucky. You draw like a really badass tag and it happens sooner than you think, but that doesn't happen often. Right. So right. basically I spend a shitload of money every year just knowing that one day, probably when I'm about... 50 and these knees don't work anymore that i'm gonna draw like a bunch of shit i can't hunt anymore but what it's gonna be awesome but you're 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 loving the journey like the journey yeah i mean it's your this is your passion yeah i mean it's for me it's i don't i don't really care about anything else i mean what what got you in what's what started you out on the hunting game so my dad hunts but my dad's like the hunter that you know when i was a kid my parents didn't have a lot of money so hunting was more of a thing that we did because that was a source of entertainment. It was cheap. So 
my dad had a piece of land in Texas and with with a few buddies of his. And about every weekend, that's, I mean, during deer season, we would go deer hunting. And my mother had no problem with it because, hey, you know, he's out of the house, I'm out of the house, they're gone, and we went hunting, and they weren't big deer. And my dad was the kind of guy, like, you know, he didn't wear camo. I mean, dad was, like, in a red sweatshirt smoking a cigar. And I'm like, Dad, I've been reading magazines, you know, and I think this cigar smoke is going to scare him <laughs> off, you know. And dad's like, son, I've killed more deer with a cigar in my mouth than you'll ever see, you know. And it just kind of grew from there. And I started, like, getting magazine subscriptions, and I would see these crazy things, you know, I'd, like sheep in other countries and stuff. And I just I dreamed about it. And And honestly... I think the only reason I'm successful is is that I, that was my drive. I, I I really tried hard at work and tried to make businesses work because I wanted enough money to be able to go and experience these things that I saw in magazines. And, you know, I haven't gotten to do all the things I would like to do, but I have been fortunate and I've seen most of the really cool things that I've seen the things that you would see on your deathbed, the things that you would remember have mostly happened to me in places that, you know, other feet have never stepped on. So, you know, it just, I think it, it it's one of those things like you either, you're either in love with it or you're not. And for me, the first time it ever happened, the first time I went to Alaska, I saved my money, saved my pennies, whatever. I think I was maybe 22 23 and i went to alaska and i remember standing up on this mountain in the pouring down rain being miserable but then it the thought hit me that i'm standing in a place that probably no one's ever stood on and if something happens to me if i was to fall off this cliff and die they'll never found me and they'll never know what happened that's a comforting feeling to me, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. And I know that sounds weird, but it, it's really, it is, it's a comforting, it's it's not a, I, I guess not comforting, but it's a fuck you feeling. You know, I mean, like. Oh, kind of like, uh, kind of like the throw in the middle finger. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, well, he just didn't come back and we actually have no clue what happened. But I mean, that's kind of a. But you would have gone out going do, and doing what you doing love what doing. You absolutely love to do, man. Do you think it's uncommon for someone to have a passion and have it last their entire lives? I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, I know guys that I used to golf. I played golf in school and and I played golf every day from 8 years old to whatever, college. And then one day I was like, man, this is the stupidest game I've ever played. I'm a member of a country club. I pay all this money. And basically, we're just out here to drink and play cards. Like, I really don't give a shit about golf. And as good as I used to be at it, I'm not good anymore. I don't know why I'm doing this. And maybe that happens to people that hunt, but I don't think so. But I think you, if you're... But you even found a way to encompass it into your occupation. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, my, I, I, I make my, my money in the foundry business, but Quality Hunts is, a, it is my retirement plan. I mean, it's, it was a dream of mine, and, you know, anybody in America 
and and other countries that has a truck can call themselves an outfitter. Sure. So what I found was over the years when I was young and I was saving money and trying to go on hunts, you know, I would look for bargain basement stuff and all of a sudden like you're on a really bad shitty hunt that they didn't they didn't give you what you paid for. Right. So I was sitting at a campfire in a New Mexico elk hunt and my future business partner was there and we were just he's he's 20 years older than I am and he'd been doing the same thing as me but for 20 years longer and we were talking about all the money we had spent just pissed away like you know this guy's gonna give me this great hunt in the Rockies and we're gonna ride horses and do all the shit and then you get up there and all you do is freeze your ass off you didn't see an elk it was terrible there was no firewood the food sucked the tent leaked whatever and so it just that night we kind of the back and forth and then we talked a few weeks later and I was like you know I think there's a better way to do this I think that if we started a business and we offered only hunts that if we built it slow and built it with outfitters that we know that we've hunted with or that really good friends have hunted with then we could come up with something where we don't have to worry about sending somebody on a camping trip you know because as a hunter that's what we call it a bad hunt is a camping trip i don't want to go on a camping trip <laughs> no like you, i want to be the guy that gets out the first weird. day and kills a big one and that's it right I want to pay for the full week, but I want to kill in the first morning. I want the full boat. And unfortunately, we're in a business that that doesn't really happen because just like me, you know, a lot of kids come up and they that's that they they think, oh, this is what I want to do for a living. So they start an outfitting company and they get a website and they put the three pictures of the three biggest ones they've ever seen on there. Right. And then they trick some dumbass into paying them, you know, a couple thousand less than what a good hunt costs. And then they take them out there on a camping trip. And when you go on enough of those, uh, for me, it was elk. I went on nine archery elk hunts. I spent over $100,000 elk hunting. And I never even shot at an elk. Holy crap. And so I'm at my business partner, and again, he's a little older than I am, so obviously, you know, had had more success than I did, was spending more money than I was on hunting, and he said, you know, you got to stop doing that. I mean, here's the thing. Do you want to go three times and and just be there, or do you want to go and do you want to kill one once and spend more money? And I actually had to think about that because... I love being out there. Right. I would like to be out there all the time. But at the end of the day, it is about taking an animal, taking a trophy. So, I mean, do I want to pay $10,000 three times and not kill an elk? Or do I want to pay $15,000 one time and kill a big bull? I mean, it took me 20 years to figure out that 15 once is better. Right. Right. So. Well, so and that's what I that's what I'm trying to provide for people, and that's and, and that's what you've been doing though because and I that's mean, what I've been doing. You obviously you've been successful. Uh, that's yeah. and how did that is that what brought you to Milford? No, so actually I have an uncle 
that was shooting his bow in Conroe, Texas, beside the house. <laughs> and a man just happened by, and he's a, I won't say his name because he doesn't, he could be famous and he doesn't want to be. Um, he lives here and he's a taxidermist and he is killed. He is a prolific deer hunter. He has killed, his walls are full of monster bucks that he killed with a recurve bow, which, you know, if you don't know what that is, that's not the newfangled things we use, but just a stick bow. And he's killed them on public land. And so the guy happened by his house and this was, man, this was, I think this was in 1997. And he stopped just to talk to my uncle, and my uncle, just being my uncle, was like, could I come up there and hunt with you? And this man that I'm talking about, being a the very, very nice guy he is, was like, absolutely. So my uncle came up here for probably 10 years, and I'm the young, you know, I'm a high school kid, like, please take me, please take me, please take me. He's like, no, I can't, I can't, it's not my deal. And then when I got out of college... Um, he said, I'm getting old. I can't, I just can't do this public land thing anymore. The walking too much. I'm going to take you up to Kansas and I'm going to introduce you to my buddy and I'm going to let you get started up there. And that was 15 years ago. And I've wow. been coming up here ever since. And, and this is one of those deals. Like I don't pay for this. You know I mean? This is like a walk around, do it thing. And I've just, I mean, I fell in love with it. I mean, it's my favorite trip of the year and it's, you know, it's, it's not quite like, you know, the things that we do, like going to Africa or right hunting somewhere crazy, the Middle East, but it is for me, it's my favorite thing of the year. I know that on November 17th, I'm going to be in Milford, Kansas. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and that's how I met you. Yeah, I mean, you know? obviously. Yeah. And then yes. history was made, and the two Joshes collided, and now the world will never be the same. <laughs> that will never be the same ever. Yeah. No, but you did. You always uh, look. I'm not trying to butter you up because I'm not trying to uh, get in on a on a hunt program. But I, you, you always, you always just, you were just always the badass. You know what I mean? You have the hat. You got the you got the mountain man look. And you just don't look like someone that that should be trifled with. You know what I'm saying? Like the 007, the well, crocodile. Well, I dungeon. think maybe some of that's just because I grew up really short. But uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I grew up on the Republican side of things, so oh, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean, well, I Texas, mean, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm from Texas, man. Don't I mean, mess we, with Texas. We can't, you know, you can't just let somebody be crazy, whatever. But yeah, man, uh, what a different what a different landscape that we're we're living in now, though. Like how Oof. how has um, how did COVID affect your your hunting business and in going out yourself? Like did that? So actually, the opposite of what I thought was going to happen happened. So, unfortunately, the hunting business has become, hunting in general has become a rich man's sport. And it, it sucks. I hate it because I get a lot of guys that call me and they're like, hey, man, I would love to, hunt. I've wanted to hunt an elk my whole life. You know, what, what can you do? And I'm like, look, you know, do you want to hunt an elk or do you want to shoot an elk? And if you want to shoot one, then you need to triple your budget and call me back in three years and save your money. 
because I don't want to send you and you come back and be like, that sucked. Yeah, that was I a would terrible rather you put quarters in a jar right. and call me in three years and let me send you somewhere and you come back and be like, man, that was the greatest experience of my life. And unfortunately, we're at a point that it's gotten really expensive. And I thought that COVID would bring it down. But now it, it actually did the opposite. We have, you know, whatever you want to call them. I mean, the 1%. Whatever it is, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, they pay all the taxes, whatever. But a lot of those guys hunt, and they have a lot of money. Right. And so they got bored during COVID. And so, you know, I mean, whereas I thought I, I thought prices would come down, you know, now it's the upper end animals, like a stone sheep. You know, before COVID, we were selling stone sheep for 40000 bucks, And... That sounds like a ridiculous number, and it is. That's not lost on me. But now I have Stone Cheap Outfitters that are seventy five thousand because they're booked until twenty twenty six. Okay, so I but I have to ask: if you pay seventy five thousand dollars, what does that get you? That gets you. A, what is that? What does that trip that, look that, like? That gets you a chance to fly there on a puddle plane and get in a tent and hope you kill one. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, and so, and, and so, but that, that's the other thing. We, we also live in a world where, you know, people want things right now. So we have high fence ranches. And if you want to go kill a big deer and, and pay for it, I'm fine with that. I've done it. It is what it is. Well, and if people are willing to pay that, then it's right. obviously and, worth it to them. And, and right? I've got guys that I, I don't knock it because, I mean, I've got guys that – you know, our CEOs of companies that get four or five days off a year. And look, man, I mean, they don't have time to go fly to Alaska and hope you get home next month. They just don't. So I send them to a high fence ranch to shoot a big deer, and they shoot a deer that costs $20,000. And people look down on that, but I'm like, wait a minute. They're outside. They're doing what they like. And it's not about the money. It's about this guy has this much time. What's he supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Is yeah, it better for him to sit at home and look at North American Whitetail Magazine? Right. Or is it better for him to go to a high fence ranch when he gets three days off and go ahead and shoot a big deer? Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. No, is it two I'm different things? Absolutely. It's it's two completely different things. But I don't think it's a bad thing either. Well, of course not. There's a lot of look, there's a lot of things that I I think that people spend money on it. I personally think it's stupid, but I don't judge sure. that sure. that thing. It's that's sure. what they want to do. If you want to go spend that amount of money to go do that, then all the more power right. to you. You know, I'm sure that there's things I buy that people are like, well, "What sure. the hell I mean, is he yeah. doing?" And it's like, well, "Look, it's what I like." I mean, look, you got you got hunters that look down their nose at guys that only have a couple days off a year that go to the high fence ranch to shoot a big deer. But they also are the same guys that, you know, go to the grocery store and buy sliced cheese. I mean, right. You know, I mean, come on, man. You're splitting hairs. So have you met anybody famous doing this hunting thing? I mean, I've been on TV a couple times on hunting shows. Um, I did Texas Trophy Hunters a couple times. And, you know, I mean, I grew up same as everybody else that likes to hunt. You watch these shows on TV and you think, oh, man. I would love to be on a hunting show. That would be the dream. Right. It's not exactly what you think it's going to be. 
Well, you had a you had a kind of a bad cool. experience on one of them, didn't you? Yeah, I mean it's it's, <laughs> it's cool, and I, you know I'm not gonna say what show it was, but <laughs> but I mean it was cool. It wasn't it, it, it's not wasn't a bad experience. It was just it wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. Right. I thought that you just go on a hunt and somebody videos you doing it. That's not what it is. And that was my stupidity because obviously, if you're gonna make an hour TV show, there has to be some right. kind of spin. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. gotta be a lot of stuff goes into that. I mean, that hour TV show we probably had 20 hours of footage for. You know, so obviously a lot goes into that, and I can respect that. For me, I personally don't want the show uh, because I love to hunt, so right. it just kind of ruins the experience. Have you had an oh shit moment though, honey? Oh man, was it was there time? I've, I've had plenty of oh shit. Okay, give me yeah. give me your give me one of your craziest stories. So when I went on my first brown bear hunt, this was probably I think it was about 2013, and I'd saved my money, and you know now brown bear hunts thirty grand. And back then it was maybe 10,000 and I saved and saved and saved. And I was like, all right, I'm going to a brown bear hunt. I've wanted to do this my whole life. I'm going to go. It didn't turn out to be a great trip and it wasn't their fault. It wasn't anybody's fault. It rained the whole time. But one of the only days we actually got out of the tent uh, to go hunt, the guide put me on this, in the bank of this river. And he did it because there was a bear coming down the river. So I'm sitting there with a bow and I had no idea where he went. And, of course, your guide has a a big gun, you know, because I'm, I'm bow hunting. So I can hear the bear coming down the river. Splash, 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 splash. And I'm backed up in this riverbank, and the next thing I know, the bear is there. And the bear has no idea I'm there. But I'm literally 10, 12 feet from the bear. And this is a, you know, I don't know what they weigh, a thousand pound brown bear. They're they're absolutely ginormous. Right. But as soon as it came around the corner, I knew it wasn't a boar. It was a sow. You know, that's not what we're looking for. So at this point, it becomes defense. Like, will the bear see me? Will the bear think I'm tasty? Will the bear want to eat me? You know, what's this bear going to do? Right. So, I mean... I think there's an old expression like you couldn't get a grease BB out of my ass. <laughs> I was so fucking scared. <laughs> and I had, you know, I had never. So that was my first experience, like being on a hunt where there was a lot of shit that can kill you. So, I mean, I was scared. And and you're sitting there with a bow and you're like, well, how fast can I possibly draw this bow? And. <laughs> And would the arrow even kill it fast enough before it, you know, tasted my face? And so the bear was so close, I actually could hear it breathing, and there's snot and shit coming out of its nose. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, oh my god. Well, it moves on, and I take it upon myself. I'm like, I'm about to ease back up this riverbank and get the fuck out, out of, here. of dodge, right? So. I turn around and I go about three feet and he's right behind me. I had no idea. And I'm like, holy shit. Did you see that bear? And he was like, dude, I was behind you the whole time. He's like, I mean, you're my customer. I mean, I had a gun on it the whole time. 
I didn't know that. Holy crap. I mean, I just thought, well, yeah. you know, He's like, fuck, well, if the bear wants me to be dead, then I'm going to be dead. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I've had I've had some I've had some things over the years happen to me like that. I mean, I've had a black bear charge me. Um, you know, I mean, I've had a moose almost run over me. Uh, some of the shit that you hunt, you don't even know is dangerous that actually is. I mean, like a moose. People don't think about moose. Moose are dangerous. Like a moose will get you in the water and stomp your ass out and drown you and turn you into a puddle of mud. People don't realize that, but yeah, I mean. When you get off these little float planes in the middle of nowhere, you really are at the mercy of wherever the fuck you are. And I think yeah. that's that's the draw of it. Well, it's it's also it's also the thrill of being out in the wild and being in their element though, right? I mean, because you're Yes, you can you can prepare like you said and take all the stuff with you that you think you'll need, but there there's still that element of uncertainty and you're you're out Always. you know, you're out there in Always. the middle of nature Always. and to be able to experience Always. it. I'll bet you've seen like the animals that you're not hunting, I'll bet you've right. seen some amazing right. shit. So I mean, like you for instance, uh I've hunted Kodiak Island several times and there's not actually a lot of Big game animals that live on Kodiak. You have mountain goat, sick of black-tailed deer, and brown bears. But, you know, that's where everybody goes to hunt sick of deer because they're like ants. There's shitloads of them. But you have to deal with brown bears while you're there because there's a bunch of them. And so the first time I ever went there to hunt sick of deer, you know, we get we, we walk into the camp probably, I don't know, we walked a long way to camp. Maybe we got off at sea level from the plane went up i mean we maybe walked eight nine miles first day we get to where the tents are already set up and i'd never been there and this was early in my hunting shit and i'm like why is there i mean i looked at it i'm from texas i looked at it a cattle hot wire like why is there hot wire around this tent right he's like well i mean because i mean there's a lot of sitka deer but there's a shitload of brown bears too you know, and so, like, every night you're camped on this stream and you can hear the brown bears, like, 10 feet from your tent, you know, catching fish. And at the end of the day, I mean, you can put up hot wires, you can have a gun, you can do whatever you want. But what you have to get over is the fact that if the brown bear decides that he wants to eat the Happy Meal that's in the tent, he's going to eat the Happy Meal. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. doesn't matter. So it's, again, I think that's one of the draws of it is that you get out there in a place that you actually don't have control because I think we all, you go through life and I mean, I think if you're successful, then one thing successful people have in common is, is that you have control. You don't, emotions don't play into your everyday life. I mean, if most very successful people are able to keep that under control. So every day you go through life with a, an immense amount of control and you get out there and you have none, you have zero. I mean, your whole existence is based on, you know, what your capabilities are and what the guide's capabilities are. And I think that's the draw of it is, is we, 
we leave a life that is scheduled and, you know, well, I don't go here because it's dangerous. And then you go to a place that's dangerous. And even if there's not anything there that we eat you, it's dangerous because, well, you know, I took a float plane over uh, 150 miles of ground that has no roads on it. And I landed here. So if I sprain an ankle, it's dangerous. See, and I've never experienced anything like that before. I can only, I can only imagine. But that, that, that would be so cool to be in a place where very, very few, if not any, people have ever set foot. Right, and I mean, you know, these guys they do hunt the same places over and over. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're. Maybe somebody stood there before, but maybe only the person that he's brought there. Right. You know, I mean, I I found myself one time standing uh, like it was it was raining so hard in Alaska on the on the Kenai Peninsula that I couldn't even see. And I thought, well, I'm going to back up under this tree like this big tree had fallen down because it really there it's it's. If you think about it, it's really more of a rainforest. Right. So I backed up under the roots of this fallen tree. So I sat there all day in the rain. Couldn't see shit. So I went back to camp, and the next day I thought it was raining again. I thought, well, I'm going to go back to that tree, and maybe, you know, the rain will stop. And so I did. I went right back to the same place. And I was actually hunting brown or black bears at the time, but there's brown bears there. So I back up under this tree and it gets light outside and I look down and I'm standing under the root bed of this tree and like you could tell it was a bed for something and then I look around the tree and it's, you know, paw prints that are brown bear size. So I'm like, holy shit, you know, probably an hour before I got here, a thousand pound brown bear decided, well, I'm going to go fishing and, you know, this little snack and have my spot, you know. So, it, I think it's just, it just, I don't think it's for everybody, but I think if you get addicted to it, it's one of those things that, like, I think about it every day, all day long. Why, I mean, why do the haters hate it? Well, I think they just don't understand. So, it's a proven fact. You know, I hear a lot from, I, and I get a lot of hate mail. I mean, I get a lot. And I get people that say, how can you say that taking something's life is conservation? Well, that's an easy answer. And it's provable. So if you take Africa, in countries that don't allow elephant hunting, there's no elephants. In countries that allow elephant hunting, there is a shitload of elephants. Because you have guys that are willing to come and pay sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars to shoot an elephant. And what that does is is what they don't understand is the majority of that money doesn't go to some rich outfitter in Africa. Those guys when they have a concession, they're responsible for the villages in that concession. So, you know, they butcher this elephant and this is the only meat that these people get. Right. And they are responsible for setting up schools in these villages. Like, this is the only education that these people get. And that comes from money from idiots like me 
that are willing to spend sixty thousand dollars to shoot an elephant. But you're against you're against people that go out and hunt and don't use. The sure, meat. absolutely. Okay. But the perfect example I would give you. So in America, personally, I believe we have a bad problem of telling other countries what they should do with their game. Right. So the perfect example, and everybody hates it because basically because of Coca-Cola, <laughs> the pol- the polar bear. Yeah. You know, they show these polar bears, oh, he's on a piece of ice and can't find where he's going. Bullshit. <laughs> the Canadians are begging us to send more polar bear hunters <laughs> because they have more polar bears than they've ever had. And you can't tell me that that's not true because I've been there. Right. And everybody that's been there will tell you that TV's full of shit. So what happens is, is you've got a population that is now uncontrollable. So now, sure, you can find a polar bear that's starving to death because there's not enough ground for them anymore and we're not controlling them. And there's very few guys that will spend $35,000 to shoot a polar bear to take a picture. Because right now, that's all you can do. My business partner killed one last year. And right now, the hide is wrapped up, the skull's wrapped up, and it's in a freezer in Canada waiting for the next reasonable president to open it up where he can bring his stuff back in and get it mounted. Now, these Inuits that live there, these natives that live there, that they let basically do whatever they want. I mean, you think that, oh, the big, bad, rich American hunter guy is so bad because he wants to go kill a polar bear. They can kill whatever they want 365 days a year. Well, and it's funny because all of those liberal politicians hunt. Right. And and so here's the deal. The guys like me are not the ones out beating the seals. The ones out beating the seals are the uh, Inuit people. And and they're not doing it for any bad reason. They they that's what they eat. Right. So they make clothes out of. So that's the example that I would use that everyone hates is the polar bear. And people think that by watching TV that, oh my God, there's no polar bears left. <laughs> you know, I, I can remember telling my dad that my business partner was gonna polar bear hunt and that I was gonna book for the next year, and he's like, Well, you can't kill a polar bear. There's barely any left. I'm like, well, no, actually, there's more than there needs to be. And the Canadians would love to have some of our money to shoot a few of them. How does how do the Canadian press handle that versus the press of the United States? So they used to be good about it, but now obviously we've got this guy in Canada, this liberal dick, I'll call him, <laughs> you know, uh, that is a fucking maniac <laughs> um, so he's you know I mean he I, I think they they're they're old school Germany style I mean I think you know that guy runs the press there I mean and it's complete horseshit I mean I gotta ask you dude what what do you guys think of Ted Cruz so I actually love Ted Cruz and and I will say that and this is the reason so every year I'm on the AFS board of directors and we have a conference where we go to Washington, D.C. and we meet with uh, explain, senators. Explain to the audience what AFS is. So that's the American Foundry Society. My other job, I, I sell foundry supplies. Okay. So I've been on the board of directors for 10 years, 
and we have a governor's government affairs committee when we go to Washington every year and we speak to the senators and uh, congressmen about the issues in our in our field because we represent a lot of jobs. And at the end of the day, they can say whatever they want, but their job rem- it relies on what kind of jobs they're providing. So our industry has a lot of jobs. And so we actually do get to meet with, you know, people that are important. And and I and I want to say I think they listen to us. And some of them don't. Some of them, you're there for a glad hand and a picture. Ted Cruz is the kind of guy that not only listens to you, but he follows up. So, uh, point in case, two years ago, we went to Washington, and I had no idea, but all the senators actually have a office under the Senate floor. And I didn't know that, because we had always met him in his office like at the Capitol. And they said, hey, Mr. Cruz still wants to meet with you, but they're doing a lot of votes. He'd like to meet with you in his other office. So, you know, we have to go through another check and all this stuff. And then there is actually a train under the Senate. And you get on this little trolley on a track and ride through, and there's Secret Service people and all this crazy shit. It was it was cool. It was like it was like being in one of those Matt Damon movies, you know. <laughs> so we go there, and we go to this tiny little office. And obviously, there's no windows because it's on the Senate floor. And um, Ted Cruz came in, and they had been doing some. I, I guess there was a lot of votes going on, so he was up there, and he came down. And he said, "Guys, I really want to meet with y'all. That's why I brought you down here, and I wanted to give you full time. And I knew I couldn't run over the." to my other office and do this. And so he actually, you know, I will say this about him. We have a law that is affecting the industry right now, and it's about silica. And, uh-huh. you know, most people don't know what that is. But silica is a dust, and it's a byproduct that is in the foundry business. And you can get, whatever i think it's silica poisoning or whatever but it's it's basically cancer so they are trying to make foundries put in air cleaners that cost millions of dollars and this will put most foundries out of business especially explain i don't think i don't think a lot of people know what foundries are so a foundry is basically anything poured out of metal okay like anything that's cast out of metal we pour it into molds and we cast it. So this silica is a byproduct of it. Well, you know, most foundry guys are old. I'm I'm 43 and I'm young in the business. I've been the youngest guy in it since I got in it at 24 and I'm 43. I'm still the youngest guy. But when you get all these guys in a room, only, they can only come up with one name that ever got this silica poison. So it's not as big of a deal as they pretend it, it is. Yeah. So uh, Senator Cruz asked, you know, what what are we facing right now? What is affecting y'all? And I said to him, I said, you know, the silica law, it's a it's a big deal. And, and when you have the Chinese making castings for what they make them for, you know, you're going to put everyone out of business. And he said, well... I'm not, you're going to have to tell me what that is. 
and me being who I am, and I and I didn't mean to do it because I, I have the utmost respect for the guy and all senators, Democrat, Republican, whatever. Um, I said, well, goddamn, you voted on it, and oh shit, <laughs> and you know what? He he didn't get mad at all. He actually, you know, when you're meeting with him, they have a guy behind him taking notes, and he looked at that guy with the face of you better have written that shit down and two weeks later we heard from him i mean he actually did what he said he was going to do and he looked into it and at at the time and even now even even now after these midterm elections i don't think that they have the votes to return it but they're not enforcing it yet but do you think that was but that's a, a great example of the press I mean, we were kind of told this was going to be like a big awakening, the midterm elections. Yeah, and right? I mean... I mean, nothing happened. Yeah, but I mean, and this is just me, and, you know, whatever. I, I may be one of those crazy conspiracy theorists that just talks about conspiracies that in the last 10 years seem to keep coming true. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, how is it that Florida can count all their votes in five hours, but Arizona takes a week. And it just so happens that a woman running for governor is also in charge of, you know, the election. That's not a conspiracy theory. No. That's that, bullshit. That, that whole, that whole, uh, And there's videos and videos and videos and, and videos of people is, walking out of these places and yeah. saying the voting machines don't work. Yeah. In... The only county, basically, in Arizona that counts, Maricopa County. So you look at it, and, you know, I'm a political science major. That's what I went to college for. I don't know why. Don't ask me. Um, <laughs> I thought it would have been taxidermy. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's, to me, it's a slap in the face because, so there was supposed to be this red wave. Okay. I personally didn't think it was going to happen. And I, I didn't think it was going to happen because that wasn't the people, way people were voting. I thought it was going to happen because uh, if you're just if you're just if we're just being honest, I mean, I think the presidential election was a hoax, right? And so you had all these states that were supposed to be a landslide, more than Florida, but Florida, every single election was won by a Republican by twenty points, but these states like Pennsylvania that were supposed to be a bigger landslide, we either lost or barely won. But they're all also the same states that, oh, you can mail in your vote, and as long as it gets here a week after, it's fine. Right. Like, why? Yeah. And and I think that Republicans, conservatives, whatever you want to say, we're the stupid ones because I don't think the way to fix this is to stop the cheating. I think the way you fix this is very easy. And I'm a guy, I I look for the easy route out. So we have a national holiday for everything on the planet. Right. So why not just say election day is a national holiday? Why do we need two weeks of early voting? The most important time. Why do we need need mail-in voting? Right, you need mail-in voting for senior citizens and handicapped people. That's an interesting point. And so you make... Voting day, election day, a national holiday, and you give everybody off of work, and then you say, you know what, guess what? You don't need two fucking weeks. Because now you have no excuse not to run down. And, and 
This bullshit about I stood in line for 30 minutes, blah, 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 blah. I don't believe that. Right. Where does that happen? Where does it actually happen? And where do you not, why do we never see videos of it? Because I live in Texas. Everyone votes in Texas. Right. Well, I mean, not everyone. Not everyone. (laughs) But I mean, it's actually sad. I mean, so I live in what is known as the reddest county in America. So I live in Montgomery County. That is pretty red. So the only, <laughs> like, if you look at just, say, the Ted Cruz election, when, when I'm not going to call him Beto because that's bullshit. <laughs> uh, when Francis O'Rourke <laughs> ran against him, Montgomery County actually made up the votes that it took to beat him. Wow. Everyone in Montgomery County votes. Everyone votes. I've never stood in line for more than 10 minutes. So if you had to choose, though, between DeSantos or Ted Cruz, who would you choose? So I won't, I'm not going to pick either. And, and here's the thing. I think that um, DeSantis is going to make a hell of a president in 28. You think he's going to – you think he'll, he'll run and win? In 28. Really? Or t- no, yeah, in 28. Because in 24, this is Trump style. You think he's going to win? No. So here's the thing. I don't know because are we going to clean this shit up? Oh, I don't but think so. Do I think that people on the right have people on the right have decided that it's Trump's destiny? It's it's his. He deserves it. He was cheated. He 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 needs to be the next one. And look, I think he. I personally believe he saved the country. But but don't you think he'd be a lame duck? Not at all. I think he would be like, I can't, I, I'm not going to run again, so I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Right, right. But, what's, have but the house. what's the point? This is my whole point in, in this, this rabbit hole that I'm leading you down here yeah. is I feel like the back and forth is the very de- definition of insanity. Mm. Anything Trump does is going to be taken away just like it was recently right. with the right. president that we have now. Right. So my question is, the, the, you know, the person I want to vote for is the person that, that says, I want to get in and eliminate, uh, I want term limitations for the House and the Senate. Yeah, but you're never getting that. Okay, well, then you're never going to beat the corruption. I, I agree with you 100%. So why vote? But but what I'll say is this. So Trump had a standing rule in the White House that for every single policy they made— as it had to do with industry, production, they had to get rid of two. And, you know, we have policies on the books that are insane. I'm in the foundry business. I mean, the 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 shit that we deal with is, it's absurd. I mean, right. it is rules that make no sense. You have the Chinese are over there making castings barefooted for, you know, a dollar an hour. And over here... You know, you got to wear a fresh air mask and special boots and you got to pay everybody $40 an hour. I mean, I'm just saying I'm a capitalist. So if I'm buying castings, I'm not buying them here. Right. I'm an American all the way. I love America. Red, white, and blue, baby. But I mean, you also have a bottom line. When it comes to my business. Yeah. I mean, I'm here to make money. So if I got to buy from the Chinese, then that's who I'll buy from. So I don't, I don't think that, I, I think it's a, a, a twofold thing. One, 
I think that everyone on the right believes, and I, and I think it's justified, that Trump deserves another term. And two, I think that if you don't believe that what he did was good, it's because you don't actually follow politics. You follow CNN. Because all of this stuff is public knowledge. And, and you know, that's what drives me crazy. Like, you know, you can get online and go to these .gov sites and you can see how your senator, your representative, your state representative votes. You can see it. You can look at every one of them. And so even on the right, we reelect these quote-unquote rhinos right. that if anybody just took the time to look at, they would realize this guy's... He's, he, he campaigns on one thing and votes on another. And so we're at a point where you need people like, and, and you're going to have more than half the country say they're crazy, but you need people like Trump and Cruz and DeSantis and, and folks like that that are willing to stand up and say what is thought of as crazy stuff, but it's exactly what you and I would be saying if we were there. And it just sounds crazy because all the other guys, they're not saying it because the only thing they care about is getting reelected. See, I think Mitt Romney would make a great president. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will come over this desk. <laughs> I mean, you know, Mitt Romney, you know, and here's the thing about oh, old Mitt Romney's it, a douche. Here's the thing about Mitt. Not only is he a douchebag Democrat. He's douche. But the guy was leading. He was fucking killing Obama and gave up. Now, what do you think that means? I mean, if it's me, and if I'm just spitballing here, I feel like when you have a giant lead in the presidential election and then you lay back and lose, I mean, it's probably because somebody gave you. Maybe he's a fucking capitalist. You know what I mean? Yeah, money talks. Money right? talks. And it's easy to say, well, I wouldn't do this or I wouldn't do this because of my principles. But the scale that they're at, I mean, the, the amount of money that you're talking about. I mean, Biden asked Congress the other day for another $37 billion for yeah. Ukraine. That's an amount of money that most people don't fathom, comprehend. Right. It's not, it's not even fathom. It's comprehend. Like, you can't comprehend how much money that is right so i think we're at a point where you have one side that believes they're being screwed and the other side knows they're being screwed but it's uns but either way it's unsustainable absolutely so what happens absolutely you have you have one side that thinks they're being screwed because they watch tv right and you have another side us who knows they're being screwed because i paid 33 percent in taxes right so, I don't think it's sustainable. And, and if I'm being honest, and it sounds ridiculous, it sounds crazy, and I hate to even say it, and my family hates when I say it, but there's no policy that's going to fix this. No, there's no election that's going to fix exactly this. Exactly, though. Exactly. The only thing that fixes this is, and, and this sounds terrible, and I hate to say it, but blood in the street. That's that's it, and that's what and that's that's exactly it. What I, I, I mean, I have a T-shirt that says it's got a picture of George Washington on it. It says 
me and my homies would be stacking bodies. Yep. And people think that's so crazy, but if you if you look, and, and I'm a student of history, so if you look, you know, we had the tea party and we became our own country based on taxation without representation. Right. Right? Yep. If you look at what Great Britain was taxing us at the time, it's less than our own country taxes us now. Right. Now you tell me why in the fuck are we just sending in our tax dollars and not saying anything? Well, I think because we're paid not to. Well, I don't I don't think it's what we're paid not to. I think he's, what it is is exactly my family. My father is a dyed in the wool conservative. He's a he's a Republican. He's a great guy. He's worked his whole life. The guy, you know, he raised a family. He's always done the right thing. And when I say these things, my dad says things like, well, you know, goddamn, Josh, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to not pay your taxes and go to jail? Because in his mind, what he thinks about is I have a family. I have a car payment. I have a house payment. I have all these things. And that's what matters today. But if you just go back, it's not like old George Washington and his buddies didn't have all those things. It was just different stuff. No, but that's but that's what's frustrating is it seems like the system has been designed to back us into a corner, mostly financially. It absolutely we don't has. have the room to do anything. If you're unhappy with anything, there's no room to go protest and fight in the street. You've got a mortgage payment due, right? And you've got groceries that you have right. to buy. Right. I went and bought a box of Twinkies the other day, and the Twinkies, Josh, are like. They're smaller. They're smaller. They're smaller. I am a Twinkie fan. What? I know the, the Twinkies hell? are small. And they used to come in the two pack. Yes. And now they come in once. Yeah. And you don't yeah, even get the man. cardboard strip anymore. No, no cardboard in the no, bottom. No, no, it's just no, plain no, plastic. No. Pisses so me off. I I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. So I live alone. I feed myself. That's it. I eat at home every night. I'm a I'm an eat at home guy. And that's that's a recent thing for me, but I'm a eat at home guy. So I go to the grocery store about every ten days. And I'm frugal in a way and not. Like there's things that I want and things that I don't care about. Like sure. when it comes to like sodas, you know, I'll buy the H E B brand. I don't care. Right. But when it comes to like meat, you know, I want to eat good. Right. But I am only feeding myself. Right. And every 10 days, I'm spending $300. And again, I'm blessed. I'm a fortunate guy. I mean, I can afford it. Right. Um, But I start thinking about people that have two kids. And maybe mom doesn't work. And maybe dad makes a decent living. But maybe he makes 80, 90 grand a year. Right. If you do the math, that doesn't make sense. No. That is unsustainable. Unsustainable, right? You can't have two cars, a house payment, and, I mean, if you just triple the grocery bill that I pay, that doesn't, that leaves nothing. Did you have to get student loans? Or was I did, your, and I'm actually still paying them because, I mean, look, I mean, like this new deal, uh, this student loan forgiveness, I'm not for it at all. I'm not for it a bit. I think it's a railroad. I think I was shammed into it. I think it's predatory, but I signed the paper. Do you think do you think that education should just be available? No. Why? Because I don't I mean, look, I went to school for political science. Okay. I'm pretty successful. 
Right. I don't use my political science degree. No. So had I been... I, I didn't want to go to college. My parents basically made me. Oh, interesting. I mean, I grew okay. up in the, you know, I'm a, I was born in 80. So my whole life coming up, you know, I mean. That's what that's, it was. That's, you you, you got to go to college. You got to go to college. You got to go to college. No matter what, go to no matter what the degree's in. So it was one of those deals where, you know, my father was like, that's all I talked about. And I didn't want to disappoint him. So I went to college and I got. You know, I went to college for a silly reason, and I didn't want to go. And now I have all the student loan debt. And and here's the thing. So I try to see both sides of everything. So what I would say is this. I'm not for forgiveness at all. I, I signed the paper, and whether or not that was my dumbass fault, it's still my dumbass fault. I think it's ridiculous that when you graduate from high school, you don't have the credit to buy a car, but you can borrow $100,000 to go to college. Boy, amen. But at the, at the same respect, you know, 100 years ago at that age, you'd own your own farm. So, right. you know, you have to have some kind of responsibility. So I think we split the middle. I think we say, hey, look, we're not forgiving these loans, but cut the interest out, let people pay what they owe back, and be done with it. And then the bigger step is stop doing it. You know, we have all these... Uh, bills and shit about student loan forgiveness and everybody's arguing about it and bitching about it. And the whole time we're doing that, they're still giving them. Right. They're still sucking we're people not, in. Like, like let's, let's just pretend for a minute that Biden's plan is good and we're going to forgive all student loan debt right now today. We're still giving them. Right. So what are we going to do in another 20 years? Right. We're yeah. going to forgive it again? Yeah. We're just going to give another billion dollars? But that's, but that's what I mean, Josh. Why can't... Uh, look, I'm not... Uh, I, know, I know that this is kind of like an Obama uh, way of looking at things, but a society that put money into education and, and made it like this, why, why couldn't it be a, look, we'll pay for your college as long as you maintain a B average... And you're going into something that will benefit the society or in general. Why Why should you have to pay an exuberant amount of money just to get an education? So, so, so I understand your point, but I think that's a utopian way of looking at things because if we're being honest, so, okay, what happens when everyone goes to college? No one, but not everyone's going to go yeah, to but, college. But, I mean, it's easy to say that not everyone would. Look at how stupid people are. But what if they did? I mean, if it's free, then why that, not go? Then that would be then that would be amazing. You would, would it have. Be? I think it would. I think you'd have a society that benefited more from smarter people, especially especially in the political. Okay, realm. so so I I agree with you on the stance that I wish people weren't fucking stupid. There you go. But but and 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 to pull an old adage out. That sucks. Again, it's it's terrible to say the world needs its dish diggers. Well, of course, but you're still going to so, have those so people. So what, what? You're going to send everybody to college, and then some of them are going to what? Some of them are going to you know fill potholes. No. So you think everybody would go? Absolutely. When you were 18, if somebody said you go to college for free, would you not go? No, on? absolutely not. Absolutely not. I but 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 I have a different story though. I had a teacher tell me that I wouldn't amount to anything unless I went to college, and so I was like, "Okay, bitch, 
I'm definitely not going to college now because I'm an right. I'm like you. I'm I'm an entrepreneur that wanted to prove that I had something to give without having to go down without being a part of the ant farm. Well, that's an interesting thing that you just said though. So, and I think we we miss that a lot. So you said that I have something to give. Right. Right. I right. thought the same thing. But you understand that we're raising a generation now that doesn't think they have shit to give. Right. They don't think they have anything to give. Right. So I knew. I, I told my parents, look, I just don't want to go to college. I, I just don't. I'm a salesman. I know what I am. Right. I'm a bullshitter, man. I know what it's I am. It's not something you can learn in school. My uncle That's that you've met that brought me here for the first time, I do his old job. When I was 10 years old, I can remember sitting at Thanksgiving and my grandfather saying, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want Uncle Claude's job. I knew. Claude now, is a stud, by the way. Hey, look, <laughs> is that a job that you're going to be rich and famous? No. But it's a job you can enjoy. I've made a really good living at doing. I'm not a rich man, but, you know. But what's the definition of a rich man, though? Well, like, dude, if like if your bills are paid and you've got a surplus of money and you don't have to worry about your financial situation, in my opinion, dude, you're a rich well, man. You're not a hunter. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it costs thirty thousand yeah. dollars going to moose no, hunt now. No, so no, you know, you're, I mean, no, you're absolutely right. But and, I just look, Josh. I think we're at a point where we have to be. We have to be. We have to take a realistic look at things. And it, it's looked down upon now to be realistic. If you look back to the greatest generation, it wasn't embarrassing for a guy to be a street sweeper. Right. That wasn't embarrassing. He had and a it job. Sh- it shouldn't be. Right. It shouldn't be. That guy took care of his family, food on the table every night. They went on vacation once a year, and that was their life. And... Maybe his kids decided they wanted more. But now we're at a point where everybody wants more for their kids, but they don't know how to get there. So I, I'm at the age now, I don't have children. But at 43, I have a lot of friends that have kids that are getting out of high school. And I look at them and it makes me crazy. I'm like, do you think... That by running out and buying your 16-year-old a brand new BMW and not making him have a job and sending him to some private college that they're going to be successful? Right. Because to me, that makes me want to run my face into a fucking wall. For sure. But, but you shouldn't separate classes by who is able to afford to go to college or get entrenched in debt for the so rest of their lives. I, I agree. But here's the thing. I don't believe that you can say that because I also have plenty of friends that went to college, got student loans, had poor parents, and now they make a shitload more money than I do. It's, it's, but they're probably point, still paying point, on their student loans. Yeah, but, but who cares? I mean, I have a friend that's a dentist that, you know, grew up with poor parents and went to dental school. I mean, the guy makes more money than I will ever make. Right. And he took personal responsibility. While I was in college drinking and doing whatever the hell I was doing, playing around in fraternities, not giving a shit about college, he went to dental school. And now 
he's reaping the benefits. And I think that's where we're missing the point is, is like we've gotten to a point where there is no personal responsibility. I have friends that still talk about their children that are 25 years old. Oh, the kids are coming home. Oh, this isn't your kid. Yeah, no. Just because you send them yeah. your, just because you still still send them money. No, I'm with this is you, not yeah. your kid. I mean, no, and I, I and, look, and I respect my dad for that because my dad was sure. my dad. Listen, my parents are gold. They have done more for me than I could ever wish for. But when my dad gave you money, he knew every cent he gave you. Right, and he expected it back, and and you didn't. It was never a thing where he had to ask you for it because it was a respect thing. You know, I mean, when I first went into business for myself, my dad, you know, was able to, and my parents didn't have a lot of money, but my dad was able to help me out with a little bit of money, and it wasn't a lot, but it was enough to get me started. And it wasn't a thing where I I think the generation now doesn't understand. It's not a thing where it wasn't a deal where I had to, I didn't worry about him asking me for it because I knew and he knew that the day I have the money to give it back to you, I'm going to give it back to you because my first priority is that. And I don't think this generation, I think they're more now like, well, I'll pay it back when I have to, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. Um, I just wish that they made it. I it pisses me off that if you're from another country, you can go get free education. Here. Absolutely, but, that's a that's people, a different topic, people, though. No, I know it is, but I I just all the way around, we wouldn't be in the situation that we were if we put money back into our society. But because they're so focused on regulation and making and, money, they don't want to do that. That would better look, the situation. And and I'm a believer in what you're saying. I mean, I do a mentorship program. I I have a, a kid that I mentor that's in high school that I've had for a few years. And, you know, I eat lunch with them on Thursdays. Has that been rewarding? It's been very rewarding because I, I've seen the difference. And so in my mind... Just in my little community that I live in, when people ask me, like, you know, why do you do this? Well, it's the the answer is simple. Because I already paid 31% in taxes. Do I want another one on the dole? Or do I want another one that's successful? And so if everybody took an hour out of their week, because I've seen the difference it makes. I mean, I had a kid that, that I mentor that, you know, was not good in school and got in a lot of trouble. And really all he needed was somebody to show up on Thursday at lunch and be like, dude, that's not cool. What what made you want to do that? Man, I you know, I had a few friends that did it in Conroe and I went to high school with a girl that that runs a program and I heard about it and I asked her about it and and you know, I just you know, I'd got to an age where I was looking for something to make me feel good about me. And I think that's the way everybody gets started in this deal, is that you're looking for a way to feel good about you. But then what it turns into is is it's not about you at all. It's 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 really about, you know, like I don't I don't give the kid gifts. I don't buy him a lot of stuff. I take him a nice lunch on Thursdays and I listen to him talk. And I listen to what's going on in his life. Because maybe, you know, I, I don't think his parents are terrible, 
But I think maybe they just, you know, they're in a situation where they don't have a lot of money and they have a lot to worry about. And so with me being there on Thursdays and saying, you know, what's going on in school this week? You know, tell me about it. Like what's, and then giving them just a, like, I don't, I don't, I don't ride the kid. I just say, you know, I mean, he tells me things and I find ways to be like, well, look, man, I mean, you know why that didn't work, right? You know, I mean, you know why you got in trouble for this. You know why this isn't playing out for you is because you're you're doing something that's not setting you up for success. Right. So the way I feel about it is, is, I mean, just in my little county, in my group of friends, I feel like when my friends ask me, you know, why do you do this? I'm like, you know, look, man, if all of us did this, I, I mean, just how many of us there is, right. you could take that many more people off the, the welfare door. Like, I, could, I see what you're saying. You know, I mean, it in the long run, it helps you, but at the same time, it it helps somebody else that you can actually look at and see make a difference that maybe would have slipped through the cracks. Maybe this kid would have been... You know, the kid that fell into some stupid shit and didn't do good with his life. And I honestly feel like this kid now, I mean, man, I think he's going to be successful. That's really cool that you did that, though. Like, that's to take take time out of your schedule to go and, and spend time with another human being. You know, it's too bad. It's too bad more people aren't like that. Though. Well, I wish more people would do it because it's it's actually rewarding. I mean, because... I think successful people like to see things happen that that work out. Like you 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 go through life wanting everything you do to have a great ending. If 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 you think you're successful and you think you want to be. And so you do this and you see a kid go from maybe not so great to great and it does make you feel good in a way for yourself, but at the same time you also you know, the human being side of you, you look at it and you're like, man, that was not hard. Right. It costs nothing to be It costs nothing. Right? It cost me 15 bucks a week to take him lunch. You know what right. I mean? I was going to eat lunch anyway. You know what I mean? Why not stop by the school? You know what I mean? It's not where, that big of a deal. Who nursed your philanthropy side? Who? Where, where does that come from? So when I was growing up, my dad was into everything. My dad, so we're, we live in Conroe, Texas. And my my family's old there. And, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where, um, I really don't know any other way to say this, but, you know, we're not a, we're not a big family now there. But when I was growing up, we were. So it's kind of like a, rags to riches to rags kind of thing sure and so when i was growing up you know my dad didn't have a lot of money but my father was always like you know my dad was in the lions club and the friends of conroe and the cyb and the ymca and you know he would he donated a lot of his time and i can remember him doing that whenever i knew i you know i knew from an early age like i wasn't I wasn't, I didn't have blinders on. I knew why my dad was doing, you know, track their jobs on the weekends. Because my parents provided a great life, but they didn't have a lot of money. I knew why my dad was, you know, 
making hay on before Christmas. I knew why I was doing that. You know, I mean, to provide a good Christmas. But the guy always took time out. He was president of this, that. You know, it was always some kids club or, like I said, Lions club. And we would have the rodeo and the glasses drive. And he always involved me, man. I mean, it was always a thing. And it, and it was a fun thing. I mean, you know, I can remember uh, dad being like, in the the friends of Conroe and we had the the Montgomery County rodeo and dad and his friends would have a great time. I mean, they'd drink and have a good time, but they put it on for the right reason. You know what I mean? It was, it was making money for charity. And I think we've unfortunately moved away from that. Like I don't, I try to find opportunities like that, but what I find myself doing is quitting because I'm like, this has become a club. Right. So, it's not the end goal for me has to be we can have fun and do it, but it's got to be raising money for something that not as in the paper, something that means something. Right. Like the mentor thing. It costs me nothing. I get a lot out of it. But it's but look, I see a lot of people come through here that have done well. Sure. But that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is you're, you're very down-to-earth and very grounded for someone that has been as successful as you have. And I, I think it's, it's really easy when you hit a level of success to, not, to tend not to care about those other things and just go about your day and do the things that you want to do. So I just think it's commendable that you that you take that approach because I don't think that's a common thing. Well, especially now and I I don't know that it's a common thing, but I will say this. So I am a long way from the one percent. But allegedly. I think the one (laughs) percent gets a bad rap. Oh for sure. Because if you just look at it, they pay all the taxes and you got guys like and let's use Donald Trump. I mean let's use him. You can hate the guy, fine. But, I mean, let's look at what Donald Trump has given monetarily to charity. You can hate him. Let's even pretend for a minute that he's a shitty guy. Let's pretend that he's horrible. He's grabbing pussies every day. <laughs> Is it, I mean, but but uh, even if we think that, I mean, is it, is it a lie that the the man has given millions of dollars to charity? That's not a lie. No, I mean, but I mean that that, that that's also the business side of it, though. Too. I mean, those five hundred one three C. You're man. right. Hey, look, you're right, but the money's there. No, you're right. So, no, so you're right. So, and that's another thing I don't have a problem with. Look, if you want to join the mentor program and you want to do it for your own good and it helps a kid, fine. I'm 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 pragmatic. I mean what works works. Right. So, you know, if I don't personally think Donald Trump's a bad guy, personally, I think he's a fucking stand up great guy. And but you, and you think he's gonna win. I want I, your prediction. I, so so I will tell you this. Three years before Donald Trump ran for president and won. My dad and I were eating lunch at Honeybee Ham in Conroe, Texas. And my dad and I, we go to lunch a lot. And we have 
my dad and I have great conversations, man. I mean, they're usually political, and I mean, we have a great time. We rap about it. Sometimes we get in arguments, but you know, dad and I, some of the best times of my life are just sitting around with my dad talking about these things we talk about. And I told him, I said, you know, Obama was the president. Like him or love him, whatever, I don't give a shit. I thought he was terrible. I fucking almost lost my house during Obama. <laughs> whatever. But I told my dad, I said, you know who's going to run for president? He was like, who? I said, Donald Trump. My dad laughed. He was like, why would you come up with that? And I was like, well... So Donald Trump was a guy that I followed. Like, I, I just followed. I followed him on social media. I, I listened to his shit that he would put on YouTube. I followed his sons. One of his sons is, like, a big-time hunter. And I just, he said a few things live on air, and I was like, this fucker's thinking about running for president. And I told my dad that, and he laughed at me. And so nowadays, like, you know, my dad's kind of dude. He's like, oh, wait, you never said that. I told you that. Whatever. But I think that he came along at a time whenever that was the only thing he could be. Because if you look at it, like, we're so celebrity-minded. Oh, yeah, we put them on pedestals. Right. So he came along at a perfect time. He was a celebrity but at the end of the day, he doesn't give a shit about nothing. Yeah. He really doesn't. And I don't, I personally don't understand, how can you be mad at a guy that has less money than he did before he was president? Right. To me, that's batshit crazy. Yeah. Like you got, I get on Twitter and it's like, oh, Donald Trump making money being the president. I'm like, hey, you fucking moron. I mean... The guy has less money. Right. That's public knowledge. He could have made more money not being the president. But Absolutely. I, but I don't think, I, I think initially, I don't think he, he thought he was going to win. I don't know that he thought he was going to win, but I don't think it was as late as everybody thought. I see I all this shit that like he thought on election night, he like, found out he was going to win. I don't believe that. I agree with you. I think that at the last debate, I'm watching the last debate, and I, I literally felt like I could feel it in his face. I was like, this son of a bitch just realized he's about to win the presidency. And I truly believe, and maybe I'm stupid. You know, maybe I am. I don't know. I, I don't know everything. So maybe I'm dumb. But I honestly believe when I hear him talk, and I have personally gone and seen him speak four times. I've waited in line. I've done all that shit. I truly believe that when he talks and he's talking about what he's going to do and being the president, I honestly believe in my heart that he's being truthful. I really do. I don't think he's making it up. I don't think that when he talks about what it is to be an American and, you know, what America's about, like when you look at a guy's face, you can tell. Like for me, the the test is easy. If I go to a baseball game and the national anthem comes on and they tell you look at the flag, I'm gonna tear up every time. I just am. I have seen that guy in person four times. 
and speaking to a crowd. And when he starts talking about America, you can look at his face and he looks like I feel. And I don't think that you can make that up. If he's making it up, he is the devil. Well, I don't know why in the hell. The thing that that kind of uh, was interesting to me, see, I didn't think he was going to run again. I thought, I thought it was like, man, that guy escaped by the by the hairs of his chinny chin chin the first time because of how many people were against him and all of the controversy. And I thought, you know what? He'll ramp it up for the for the Republicans, but he won't run again. The fact that he wants to put himself through that again is is beyond me because that is I don't care who you are Democrat or Republican sure anyone we just saw it locally with our local elections right. with our mayor uh, running yeah it's it's a doggy doggy thing to go through well and Josh the thing is is I can't personally put myself in his shoes like why. I can't imagine why he would do it. Like, I I get it. Like, you say, well, he's the ultimate narcissist, and he just wants to be president. Like, why would you not want to lay around in your New York penthouse? Yeah. Not having to worry about anything but your next tea time. Exactly. Like, if he's such a bad guy, and he's a narcissist, why is he doing this? No, I, I credit him for exposing... The ludicrousness that is our political system. It's it's insane. When I when I saw him go after Hillary Clinton in that first debate and wow. say things I've never seen anyone say on live TV. Well, before, that no one would say to her. Right. I was like, dude, this guy, I mean, it if anything, if anything, I'll say this, it's going to be extremely fun. Well, because think about watch. it. <laughs> I mean, if you cross her, you end up on her list. Oh yeah. And oh, we've yeah. all seen the list. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, she just happens to know, you know, whatever it is now, 22 people that have died in either suicide or a one-car wreck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the rest of us can go our whole life and know three, but, you know, she knows 80. Okay, well, so tell. I want you to plug your company really quick. I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit, but if people want to experience the kind of hunting you've been talking about, how can they get a hold of you? So, qualityhunts.com. And obviously they can call me at any time. I'm a, I'm a, I don't know why I should stop doing this, but I even answer like telemarketers. (laughs) Sometimes I fuck with them, you know, but I just, I I mean, I'm a salesman. So like, I have to answer the phone. I just have to. Right. But yeah, I mean, qualityhunts.com and you know, I, we like to pride ourselves. Like I have something for everybody. You know, I mean, usually when a guy calls me, I ask him, like, what's your budget? And I'm not asking that because I actually, man, I don't know if I'll ever be able to retire and just do that. I actually just do that business because, man, I love to get a picture from somebody I just sent on a hunt and see the big ass, like, I call it grip and grin. Like the grip and grin (laughs) photo behind whatever the hell it is they're hunting like i love it I, I just i love it and you know i i have something for everybody like i've got something for the guy that saves his pennies and can spend you know a couple grand this year 
and I have something for the the guy that you know is Donald Trump's son that wants to go on a eighty thousand dollars sheep hunt. I've got it all. Well, I want to come down and do the hog hunt. Yeah, man. Because I would that love to that have you. that sounds like an I'd, absolute I'd love blast. to have you. Because I mean, we we're always looking for people to shoot things that we hate. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you know, it's it's crazy because like I get, I probably get like. A lot. I mean, 10, 12 phone calls a month. Like, people from other states are like, man, I want to come hunt some hogs. <laughs> I'm like, like okay. really? <laughs> because, I mean, they've been there. They've been in Texas. Like, they've been on my personal ranch since, you know, I was like 12. I mean, I remember the first time we saw him, my dad was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, we had no idea. Like, we literally did not know what the fuck they were. So, it kills me when people are always like, they call me and they're like, man, I want to go on a hog hunt. And I'm like, you know what? I can set it up. And that right there should tell you, like, I'm not I'm not trying to get over anybody because I literally, we give those things away. <laughs> like, we don't, there's no money in that. Um, most of our ranches are like, they're they're charging you for like food because they're like, fuck, please come kill them all. <laughs> no, I I think it would be I think it would be an absolute blast. But I can I mean I I get it. I mean if you're from somewhere else, I mean I I see how you would think that would be cool. Well, yeah, man. It's just I grew up. I mean we're like, oh my god, we're deer hunting. Here come the fucking hogs again you know i mean i got to where i'm sitting in the deer stand with a you know a, a bow and an ar-15 you know like fuck if they come in i'm i'm killing all of them well you'll come on every time you come in you'll come into town now absolutely so we're i guess it's a good time to announce we're, we're doing a season two. Oh, good so yeah so we're excited about that and good. uh I'm happy to come on next year and tell you, like, you know, how the new uh, House of Representatives oh, are doing. Oh, dude, we will have can, so can, much to I talk about. I can give about. you the full rundown of which one are shit bags dude, and which we're gonna, one are. We're gonna have we're gonna have a different president probably by the next time you come down. Well, I mean, if we don't, the one that we have is gonna be fucking asleep. <laughs> so. Rather, rather it's Kamala the poor, Harris. The poor guy. I mean, look, hold on. Let's take a minute. I, I'm going to take over the show for the second. That's fine. Take it. Uh, let's let's talk about. This our, is our, a Josh moment. Our current president. So <laughs> I personally am a person that I respect the office of the president. Sure. I, you know, I try to just not say anything when it's bad. You know, but but be respectful of the office, right? Because it's, right. The, it's the office of the president. You're the most powerful, powerful person on the no. planet. If, if Obama okay. would have called me to come and talk to him, I would have kissed his ass. I would have gone a hundred percent. Absolutely, I probably would have had some backhanded comments for the fucking guy. <laughs> but I would have went. But would you though? Would have you rocked the boat? Would have you taken that? I, I mean, I would have rocked it a little bit. Or would have you been like, I mean, Dude, I I'm in the I Oval yeah, Office? I mean, I would have gave it a shove. Have you ever been in the Oval Office? I have not. So, I will say this. I think that it is elderly abuse. And they don't put any of it on TV. So, I'm not a TV guy. I don't watch TV. I don't have cable. I I realized like four or five years ago, 
I would wake up every day and I would lay in bed and I would turn on the, the news and I would drink coffee and then I would get in the shower and every morning I was pissed in the shower. Every morning. And I was like, I'm a shower guy. Like, I, you know, I, 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 my knees hurt, my back hurts, my shoulders hurt. Like, I'm a shower guy. Like, I want a hot shower. That's my time. And I realized one day I was like, every day I get in the shower when it's supposed to be my time, and I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> so one day I was like, that's it. And I, I, I cut off all the cable. And I got happier. But, you know, the thing is, is they don't tell us any of the bad shit unless you look for it. So I don't get my news off of the news. I get it off of, like, YouTube when people are filming it. And if you look at all that, the guy is a fucking wreck. He's a mess. Yeah. He's 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 turning around to shake hands of people that aren't there. Right. That is elderly abuse. Yeah. If you did that to your dad and he was, I think, what, Joe Biden's 76? If your dad was 76 and you let him do that, they would put you in jail. Absolutely. So we're just going to let it happen on TV. No, the situations they put him in are baffling. Yeah, so, so even if I'm wrong and even if my side is terrible and we're the Nazis or whatever the fuck they like to say, and I'm the bad guy. I mean, can we at least agree that it's pretty bad that you put a guy on TV that reads a paper and says, you know, I'm walking in now. <laughs> I mean, like what? And they skip that whole part on TV, but then you go on YouTube and watch the whole press conference and you're like, you're like the guy's like, guy's I'm walking issues. in now. I'm sitting down. Like, what the I don't, fuck? I don't know how he debates Trump. See, and that's the thing. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, so in these midterm elections, this is the first time in history, and this pissed me off, that we've had, in these midterm elections, we had a lot of people refuse to debate. And the reason they're doing that is setting it up for the presidential election. Because I, I would bet my bottom dollar that whoever the Democrat nominee is, which at this point is probably going to be Biden because they don't have anybody else. I mean, they have Kamala who can't even speak and they have booty gag who runs on I'm gay. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Which isn't, uh, I mean, not, there's anything wrong with I, that. I, I'm that's fine. Not I, strong... Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with you being gay. I just don't think it's a strong platform. Well, they just voted someone in that had a stroke, dude. Like it's looking right. pretty good for, right. it's looking pretty right. good for Biden. So, I think that they're doing that in these midterms to we're setting it up for, oh, these debates aren't going to be fair. We're not going to do them because it's going to be Biden. Right. And they're going to be like, we can't even get this guy to the stage. He sure as hell can't. Like Trump's going to ask him three questions and he's just going to do that thing he does. Like, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) Come on, man. Come on, man. (laughs) Or brother, I mean, when he he says that, like to these these uh, industry guys, he goes to these plants. Like, come on, brother, come on, brother. You know these guys are like, dude. If you weren't the president, I would knock you <laughs> the fuck out. Even talk to you. Get this yeah, guy a I mean, glass of insurance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. So I think I think that 
that is a complete setup that we are not going to see presidential elections or excuse me, presidential debates, which would be unprecedented, stupid to me. Yeah, because there has been I mean, what I mean, we're about the same age. I mean, we've watched a lot of presidential debates. Yeah. I haven't always known in the debates who I thought was the best person. Right. Like, that's what you want to see. Like, I want to, I want them to ask them the hard questions and see how they answer. Well, now we're, well, we're not going to do that. I mean, we got uh, governor races where people are refusing to do that. I mean, if Greg Abbott had done that in Texas, I would have voted Democrat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. It's like, like you're not going to debate that. No. Absolutely. Uh-uh. Stand up no. and, and do what you're supposed no. to do. No. The people want to hear it go back and forth. Well, I want to I mean, know what you it's... actually, I want to know what you think. I mean, are you a shitbag or are you not? I and mean... that's, and that, despite a lot of the things that I think Trump could have handled a lot better, that is one of the things that I like about him, that he just is who he is and he just speaks his mind right. wherever the hell right. he's at. I mean, he's only saying what's being said behind closed doors and other settings. Well, I mean, if we're just being honest, he's just thinking. He's just saying what we're he's thinking. He's saying what it is, right. He's he's saying what we're saying right now in your studio. Exactly. Exactly. Which is complete horseshit. I mean, it is insane to me that the guy can say one-tenth of what I say at lunch every day, and they're like, oh, my God. He's a racist. What? So hiring the first black woman that's ever built a high rise it makes him a racist? Yeah. Are you shitting me? Yeah. No, it's it's then that cancel culture right now. Don't even get me started oh, on that. Oh, good that lord. That is a whole other rabbit hole. And yeah. that is the freedom yeah. of speech thing. And but did you see Dave Dave Chappelle's opening monologue for SNL? Love it. Dude, what? Love it. I I love that. Love dude. it. Love hey, it. That guy can say. Love it. But you know what? What I thought wants. was the greatest about Chappelle. So this last deal he did before the SNL thing, when he was talking about Trump, and he was like, you know, y'all hate Trump. He's like, I'm rich. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yep. Just honesty. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. You know what? Let's be honest. Am I? Making more money because of Trump? No. If I was a millionaire, would I be? Yes. Yeah. But guess what? My boss is a millionaire. I only have my job, and I only do what I do, and I only do as well as I do because my boss and his company have a lot of money. Right. So we're at a point where people don't see that. Like, I don't even, it doesn't matter who you work for. If you're a, a burger flipper at McDonald's, you realize you only have the burger flipper McDonald's job because there's a McDonald's. There's a McDonald's there, right. I mean, we've lost sight of that. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think we've gotten to a point where people are, oh my God, I do all the work. The boss makes all the money. Well, yeah. guess what? If I'm the boss, I expect to make more money. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm in a unique position where I... I work for multiple companies and I own multiple companies, so I see both sides of it. And guess what? The ones I work for, I get a check and I'm happy right. and I understand why they make more money. And the ones that I own, I'm a, I expect to make more money. Absolutely. And if 
You're the creator. The secretary that answered the phone says has a problem with it, then I'm going to find somebody else. That's why I'm glad I have Leeds as my secretary. <laughs> oh. I don't know what the hell. I don't know what the hell I do without her, Josh. Thank God, Le- thank God Leeds is here. No, thank God. It's it's uh uh <laughs> I'm she's actually i mean there's no video camera here but she's run the whole thing oh yeah uh, no she does man she's, she's run the whole thing she's the master and commander dude i i really appreciate you coming by yeah absolutely and, take, and man. taking your time to come absolutely. and talk to little old me i really appreciate it i'm glad to do it um we'll definitely have you on next year can't when wait you, when you come around but uh there's no, the there's best. no telling how much further right I'll go between then. No, uh, dude, like, we're gonna have, we're gonna have gonna so much to catch up on when you yeah. come back. So yeah. it'll be fun. Okay, so, perfect. I appreciate you stopping by, dude. Yep. Uh, you're listening to the Just Josh and You podcast. Hope that you guys are having a fabulous day, night, or whenever you're listening to this. We appreciate you listening. We're gonna say peace be unto you, and we're signing off.